This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is sponsored by Hinge, the app designed to be deleted. Laura, can I ask you a question? always please tell me why guys should date me and just so you know i'm gonna record your answer because i can use this on hinge because they've got this thing it's like a voice prompt where you can ask your friends for their take on why people should date you which i just think is great okay people should date you because oh you are just the most beautiful soul you're like a rainbow in human form you're just so pure and sweet and you find the good in everyone anyone would be so lucky to have you i promise you it wasn't for the ego trip okay and it's just it's so much easier as well when you're dating it's so difficult to pull out like the nice things about you it's like writing a job profile isn't it getting the friends involved it's great for a confidence boost but then also to see what other people say about you thanks again to hinge for sponsoring this episode of go love yourself and don't forget to download hinge and give the voice prompts a try this is a crowd podcast A huge thank you to today's Patreon sponsor, Veronica Carver. Thank you so, so much, Veronica. We really, really do appreciate your support. If you'd like to join our Patreon and help keep the show going, head to patreon.com forward slash go love yourself for more information. Membership starts from just £1 a week and you'll also get access to ad-free and early episodes. Or you can also support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. The links to all of those will be in the episode description. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. Honestly, I had meetings today and I didn't want to cry. Oh my God. I haven't cried today. Game changer. I haven't cried for three days. (laughs) Wait. Lauren, that is like the fact that you've, I mean, that's not good, babes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Laura, I feel like I haven't seen you in real life for 400 weeks. Um, (laughs) How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm hate the world today but other than that i'm fine you hate the world no i'm good i'm good i'm just a bit stressed i'm i'm trying to deal with old people in my life from my side and that side and um no one wants to hear me complain but um, do you know there's probably a bunch of people here that are like yes we want to hear you complain but yes <laughs> alzheimer's slash dementia slash being old suck so much for that person and their family and it's just yes, sucky it so i'm just i don't want to be like a negative nelly to start off but i'm just a bit frustrated to die but i'm fine other than that do you know what has mm-hmm. made me really happy it's like i feel like spring's <gasps> finally coming or it's, it's finally here. here on the day we're recording this it's probably the first blue sky no cloud day and like makes such a difference to uh, me it really does I was sat like I saw a TikTok this morning and it was like from this girl who was like I've spent months you know really working on myself just striving for you know for for self care and happiness and doing all these things and and journaling and all of this stuff and then all of a sudden the sun comes out and it's like oh this is what we've been waiting for it's like I've done all this work and it was it was the sun but I feel I don't know about you and everyone listening the winter went on for 15 years. It does feel like it's been long. I really love autumn and I love like cozy nights in, 
but I am so ready for summer, like wearing nice dresses and sandals. And I'm saying this and Lauren is actually in the most fabulous spring dress with a red lip. Is it red? It's a ready orange. Uh, this yeah, is, this is, I wanted great. to be as, as, as literal as I can in like, if, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice the last few weeks of, of episodes and recording, I've been wearing no makeup and hoodies. And today I thought, nah. Nah, we're gonna go full. You look amazing. Green leopard print, orange lips, curly hair. I've like yeah, just to be like it's spring. And this, I think we can call dopamine dressing, which is my new favorite term ever. Yes, I, I love that for you, and I, I feel like you seem so much lighter. Like, how have you been? How are you? Because you've had a really horrible few weeks, well, oh. months actually. Yes, twenty twenty three sucked <laughs> up until probably the thirty first of March, and then I posted a video on the 1st of April to kind of be like, hey, hasn't this year kind of sucked? Can we just start again? Because that didn't go as planned. And I was overwhelmed by the responses from people being like, also, oh, yeah, all this stuff's going on and, and this hasn't gone as planned and everyone's feeling a bit ugh. And it was just kind of a point to say, you can have a fresh start whenever you want it. And for me, I was going to have a fresh start on the 1st of April and it has been fabulous. And I've done lots of nice things and I feel so much better for it. And my work situation has changed, which is why I feel better, to be honest. But yeah, lots of people hopefully felt inspired to kind of have that fresh start. And whether it's like a new month or a new day or like a new season, because spring is here, hopefully people can feel a bit more sprightlier like I feel sprightly I feel so honestly I had meetings today and I didn't want to cry oh my god I haven't cried today game changer oh my god I haven't cried all day this is the first I haven't <laughs> cried for three days wait Lauren that is like the fact that you've I mean that's not good babes like, no we will no <laughs> but uh but we will woohoo to me I haven't cried for three days uh, can, yeah. can you say the same are you okay do I need to give you a, a, a hug of all my sunshiny happiness yeah, could you? Thank yes, you. I can. No, I'm fine. I will be fine. I'm just ready for spring. I drove past the lake today where we swim and it was like glistening. It was calling me, Smithy. And I was like, I'm getting in. You, you got to get in. You got to get in. Soon, soon, soon. And Buddy's all better now. He had his um, nuts off and he's fine now. Running around with his friends today. So that's nice. And I've got to worry too much about him. So yeah, last good. I can't complain. Can't complain. And we have a very fabulous episode for everyone today. So should we just crack? on i think we should just crack on hiya babes it's me danny beard winner of rupaul's drag race uk and grinder heartthrob and i'm dj billy andrew queen of the clubland and personal bodyguard to danny beard and together we host the gossip gaze podcast we dish all the goss on the lgbtq plus community discuss the latest social sensations and gobble the finest treats in snack of the week you can find us on all your podcast providers plus make sure you follow us on all socials for our highlights at gossip gaze pod episodes are released every week see, see you there gossip gaze So we wanted to talk today a bit about imposter syndrome. Now, the idea for this episode actually came about from one of our amazing patrons. Uh, so hi, Becky, if you're listening. And thank you so much for giving this idea for this episode. I think it's a really important one because it's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. And actually, 80% of men experience imposter syndrome and 90% of women do. So for anyone that doesn't know what imposter syndrome is and you're listening thinking, what are you talking about? It's defined, I've got it written down here, as the persistent inability to believe that your success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of your own efforts or skills. Smithy, I'm going to come out and ask you straight away. 
does that resonate with you? Is that something that you have or do struggle with? Yeah, a hundred percent. And that way of putting it is so factual, isn't it? It's the <laughs> the inability. <laughs> it's the inability to believe that you deserve everything that you've got. And certainly I've experienced this. And what I will say straight off the bat is I think when we think of imposter syndrome, my brain automatically goes to our jobs and our careers. Same, yeah. But I think there are other places in our world that we experience that. And I want to talk Mm. about that a bit later. But yeah, no, for me, I have. And I actually have experienced it probably way more, you know, from January to March than I ever have in my life. And it was rubbish. And it was just my confidence was knocked. Like, I can't even tell you. I can't even explain to you. And Mm. I come across as a confident person and I am. Like, this is it. This is not me putting it on. This is genuinely how it is. I am confident. But then sometimes there's an external factor for some people and that happened for me. And and perhaps I was made to feel like I wasn't super duper fabulous. And it just knocked my confidence to the floor Mm. in a way I hadn't experienced. And And it took, it, it it took over my entire life. Like, I, you know, joking at the beginning of the episodes that I was crying every day. I was crying every day because I thought I was terrible at everything. And then that infiltrates the rest of your life. So mm. it wasn't just my job. It was everything else as well. And, you know, texting my friends being like, I'm so sorry, I'm a terrible friend, all this kind of stuff. They're like, what? No, you're not. And I'm a terrible daughter. I cry. My mum being like, oh my God, like all this. And it's just, it's just, ugh. it was almost debilitating and sometimes you can have it a little bit and sometimes you can have it a lot of bit i didn't enjoy it laura i don't want to do it again luckily luckily you can hear i'm a little bit back but it was really 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 awful and mm. it just made me feel terrible and for me and, and i'll ask you the question in a second because it's all about me for me it manifested itself massively in paranoia i was paranoid all the time every single day that i was gonna get an email from someone at work or or something in my life or a message from someone one of my friends just saying you're terrible you're fired you're a horrible friend i don't want to speak to you anymore Uh, just constantly paranoid and that's not the way to live and that was awful so i just wondered whether you know i'm putting that into the universe of our listeners if anyone else experienced that way but 20 out of 10, don't recommend imposter syndrome. Laura, what's your experience with it? Tell us more. Bless you, yeah. No, I appreciate all like, your honesty and I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure it will resonate with people and, and help. I think, like you were saying, work and not being made to feel kind of valued and appreciated and then thinking, oh my God, I don't deserve to be here. Sometimes I kind of have the opposite where I'm like, I success happens or something really good happens and I'm like, but why? And like, I think we're both a bit guilty of this as well. Mm. And I don't know if it's just a female thing, but I remember having a talk once at work where we both used to work, actually, funnily enough, uh, (laughs) where we met, where it all started. (laughs) And she was saying about how a lot of the time women, when you ask them like, oh, how are you so so successful? When you ask business women or successful women, they will often say, oh, I got really lucky or I had Mm. help from X, Y, Z or whatever. Whereas um, like men typically will say, yeah, thanks. I worked really hard on it. Mm. I kind of always try and have that in the back of my head. But lately, especially with things that have been happening around the podcast, and like, did you notice that we, when we were about to go on stage at the Apple event, and all, to be honest, as well, in the run up to it, we kept saying to them, like, have you got the right podcast? Have mm. you, are you sure it's us? And I think that's for me where it's sort of like it manifests of in like, I don't understand. And when, when people come up to me in the kind of sort of street or they message me and say like, oh, you, you know, your podcast had an impact or this, you really helped me or find you really inspiring. I kind of, 
I love to hear it, but I can't comprehend it. And I almost feel like someone paid you to Mm. say that. You're just like, yeah, you'll just be nice to me. And I find it awkward, really. I love, I love it. And I really always, people always message me and say like, oh, I saw you and I didn't say hello. I'm like, you should say hello. But um, yeah, I do find it a little bit kind of like uncomfortable. And I, I sort of think that it comes from not feeling like a very, very special. So when you, the people say like, oh, you're not your special, but like they kind of build you up or like, you get kind of praise or recognition. It's like, oh, it's mm. like when someone compliments you. Like, do you, I find myself all the time, like someone will compliment me on my dress and I'm like, oh, it was in the sale. It was or, Primark, oh, it's, it's got, got pockets. pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this old thing. Oh no, yeah. I am absolutely <laughs> horrific at receiving compliments. No. Hate it. Oh my God, no. That's kind of how it manifests itself for me, especially with like things that have been happening like since Bake Off and I'm just like, I can't believe I've got like the opportunities that I have done. Mm. But I will say that on the kind of like flip side to that, I'm also like really ambitious. So then I look at other people and I'm like, oh, why haven't I got that? I want more. So Interesting. I'm, I'm very conflicted with the whole imposter syndrome thing because because yes, I absolutely definitely feel it, but then I'm also like I feel quite like like I'm maybe it's just also being self-employed. I didn't really have this before as much, but mm. being self-employed now, I'm like okay, I want I want oh they've got that and they they're doing really well and I'm really happy for them. But I also would love to do something like this or I want to do more. I want to do more TV. I want to do mm. this and this and this. And then sometimes you feel like you don't get, I feel like sometimes I don't get the opportunities I want Mm. because of how big I am. Imposter syndrome for you, I wonder like where it comes from. And so yours, I think perhaps a lot of it rests in growing up bigger and being bigger now, because you said before about how, you know, you didn't feel like you deserved friendships and stuff like that. Mm. And that kind of attitude would also manifest into your work. And and your work is so insane. Like you get to do these ridiculously marvellous, wonderful things that not every regular person does. It's not like you go to work, you're nine to five, you sit at your desk and do that. These are different things. And it's incredible. And you so thoroughly deserve it. But I can imagine the imposter syndrome is like clicking in your head. It, I mean, as your friend and everyone listening here is like, it shouldn't. But that's not going to stop it. And I wonder whether it's because you had that thing of of growing up bigger or those experiences of not feeling like you were worthy and deserved all of this fabulousness. Massively. I think growing up, I definitely didn't feel like I was ever good enough. And I think... And I've sort of mentioned this before, but I think I over—I try to overcompensate quite a lot just from not feeling good enough. Sometimes when you're in a marginalised body or you feel a bit different, you sort of sometimes feel like you have to work 10 times harder just to get the same rather level of respect or like mm. opportunities as other people. And that that can be quite wearing and quite sort of tiring. But I think I'm getting better at that as I've gotten older, like knowing my worth and kind of going like, yes, amazing, this, uh, this success has come and it's you know, due to kind of like hard work. But I think also sometimes like it is quite nice to be like humble. And I think I've always said like a bit of vulnerability is really endearing. So like if, if I don't know, like if I was to start going around being like, yes, this success is all deserved and I'm amazing. Like I don't, it's not natural, but also maybe it's a British thing as well. I don't know, but we're always yeah. just a bit like <laughs> humble. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, um, brush it off sort of thing. The, the, but, the um, quintessential, if you're going to make fun of the British, that's what we do. Oh, no, no, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's it, it was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I worked really hard on that. Um, yeah, so I think a bit of vulnerability is is nice and endearing, but what we 
what we shouldn't do is kind of like yeah brush things under the carpet too much and we should kind of try and sit with the uncomfortableness sometimes of like when we dealt with like good things because life is crap sometimes and hard and so when we do kind of get praise or promotion or whatever we should be like yeah I went hard for this and yeah and like be proud of ourselves and maybe learn to sit with the uncomfortableness of it a bit I completely agree I think as well taking compliments is feels very unnatural probably to everybody you probably don't just need to be a woman and you probably don't just need to be British right it feels unnatural to get that but take the compliment sometimes because if you Mm. think as well you're not being fake are you I'd hope most people aren't being fake so if you receive one that person is genuinely giving it they're not lying to you so take the compliments when you can I know it feels so so gross but take the compliments or just remember it in that moment or just say oh my god thank you so much and then you know you can change the subject if you want to but 99% you probably deserve that compliment so just take it it's nice and if you want to follow up with thanks it's from Primark and it's got pockets that's also cool because that I think is also woman nature we're always going to do it yeah that is actually true that is true I think what you were saying earlier as well about you know having an experiencing imposter syndrome but also being ambitious is really interesting because I think so many people will be similar but there will be some people out there whose their fear and their imposter syndrome just outweighs their ambition so much and I think that can sometimes be the scale and I I saw something recently and it was like imposter syndrome is where like your competence is higher than your confidence and oh wow yeah and I think that's so true and and oftentimes that people who experience imposter syndrome or whatever your variation of that is will actually be working harder because they're double checking Mm. they're working harder because they feel like they don't deserve it so just on the scale just on the whole let us say it's off the bat you're fabulous and you're wonderful if you listen to this and you absolutely deserve all the things but there will be some people who experience it so intensely that it stops them really does stop them from doing stuff absolutely I also read and I found this really interesting when thinking about you Lauren as well is that it can also be linked to trauma really? so if you've had like like a traumatic experience that obviously can affect your self-esteem and that can manifest itself in feeling like you know we call it imposter syndrome but when you kind of strip it back it's kind of feeling like a like a phone isn't it and like it's it's about self-esteem isn't it and it, it can be like a trauma response i am literally having a light bulb moment here there was so this is for my people who were similar to me you kind of grew up and you were a student hardworking you started your career everyone knew you everyone loved you you were the best in the room like literally you know in my first few jobs I was like shit hot like I was the best you were this is what I've been struggling with actually in the last few months is like how have I gone from being that person who was like headhunted for jobs winning awards all this kind of stuff genuinely was shit hot to shit mate okay like first of all you're not shit you're not shit you're absolutely fabulous you're the best person I know you're incredible and I think maybe I don't like maybe I'm not uh I'm not your doctor I'm not your therapist no Um, I think maybe I mean it could be and interestingly as well one of the other kind of signs and traits of like having imposter syndrome people that have it is also overachieving oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I never had any hope (laughs) and like I mean I think especially over the last few weeks where you've been working so so hard and I'm sort of like looking at it from an outside of point of view and you're going yeah but I'm shit I'm shit and I'm like I've never worked that hard in my life like, <laughs> but you didn't kind of acknowledge that you were doing good and that you were making kind of progress yeah, and steps true. and I was thinking like this isn't the Lauren that I know I think it's one of those things that once you kind of acknowledge it 
then it's one of those things that you can kind of then go, ah, I'm doing that. I will try not to do that. And it's about reframing it and also changing the language around things. So like maybe we're offered a promotion and instead of thinking like, oh, no, no. I, or like I was lucky mm. stopping yourself and going, no, actually, like, yeah, yeah, I worked really hard for that. You always say this. Is it based on facts or is it just like feelings basically that's one of the 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 best things i ever learned in therapy and i say to everybody because it's so true so you know laura in those moments where you experience imposter syndrome of like i don't deserve this well i mean don't you because i'm gonna say you do you work so hard so wonderful all those people saying the lovely things although we like you can't take it in because it's just like oh my goodness they're not saying it for funsies no but i think also and this is not me downplaying anything but i also have to acknowledge that I did get a very lucky break. I'm very aware that had I not gone on Bake Off, I would not be here and I would not be doing this. So I think that's not me having imposter syndrome. That's me going, Yeah, okay. I was very yeah, lucky. Yeah. And I, to be fair, like I have made the most of the opportunities that I've been given and I have worked like for some of them, not all of them. That's imposter syndrome. <laughs> that is what <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing okay fine I, you know it feels uncomfortable to say you were lucky with Bake Off because I'm because no, I was, they don't babes. just give it to anyone no I know but you were lucky you were lucky to get yeah, it I was very but lucky. you know they don't just offer it to anyone mm. you know you're wonderful and fabulous and you were you know entertaining and that's what they're looking for and you worked hard when you were there because that was really a difficult process like 2020 Bake Off crew shout out yeah. right but I think that's the thing. You have worked really hard since then for all the opportunities. I, I'm so angry at you that you even just said some of them you haven't because I know them and I know that you have. And you have sometimes by just doing something on Instagram and being vulnerable on Instagram and putting yourself out there. Do you know how fucking hard it is to put yourself out there? All right, but I'm not Nelson Mandela, am I? I mean, like, let's, you know, in the no. grand scheme of things, like, that's what I mean. It's about, it's not, it's not me. I also think it's not about me being derogatory about myself, whatever. It's just about being a bit like of a realist, but yeah, sometimes I am probably a bit too hard on myself. And it's, you are so hard just then. Like, stop um, it. Okay, you're not doing brain surgery, I'm Laura. But how many people are? I know, I know, you're right. And I do, I do, that is probably something I probably should work on. But it's funny that you were saying about Bake Off then, because I think that is probably one of the biggest points in my entire life where imposter syndrome got the better of me and i really don't like I to talk negatively about the bake-off experience because like i'm i hope it comes across like how genuinely grateful and how lucky i feel to have done it but it was also probably one of the hardest things in my life that i've ever done because <sighs> quarantine obviously being away from home it was constant physically mentally it was so draining and I kind of went into it feeling already like the underdog and the outsider. And then every week, honestly, what felt like public humiliation on like national television, I felt like such a fraud. And this is the thing is like imposter syndrome, I think is where like you think you're shit and it's not always based on facts. But in mm. this kind of instance, it was it kind of felt like it was because people were on Twitter being like, you're shit, yeah. you can't bake. And I think that's half the reason why I don't bake now. And that was no. really tricky. But even like during the filming, the imposter syndrome was huge. I even remember writing it in my journal. Like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, I have major imposter syndrome. I don't deserve to be here. Like, everyone's really talented. No one else keeps fucking off. It's just me. Like, I don't know why they've even let me on. Like, I feel like, have I oversold my abilities? And like, they thought they were getting something on someone that they weren't. And it honestly was one of the lowest, lowest points, like of probably my entire life being there. Like I cried constantly. I was in physical pain because of my knee and my back, just the constant days, like on your feet, baking, washing up, 
rinse repeat and I looked at everyone else like I looked at like Peter and Dave and they were coping fine they were missing home but they were fine and I was like why can't I cope with this like I'm shit what about you would you say the reason oh, wait, hold on a minute we ain't done with you yet <laughs> <laughs> she always does it do you know says everyone she'll talk she'll say something so profound and then she'll be like but anyway enough about me I'm like pardon I haven't I need a moment to process do you know what I think that comes from as well is that like you know what we've spoken before about being the like I don't know why anyone would want to be friends with me and being the perfect friend is I'm always mm. really aware too aware if I dominate too much conversation I don't like it and I'm like oh anyway tell You're me about so you guilty of but that. you do that as well yeah we both do do that but it does mean that we both get equal amount of times so that's good <laughs> no I just I think probably people don't understand how difficult it that that process was mm. and it's such a it's a very niche situation in which obviously the majority of people can't relate but we can perhaps put it into our own lives in some way but that must have just been so hard was it a case of like during it was it a case of just you know keep keep on swimming one more day one more day one more day and then at the end we all collapse and cry a bit yeah kind of and it was it was weird because I remember driving in once I got through like four quarantine checks <laughs> I drove past the tent and I couldn't believe it and I filmed you were so a video excited. yeah I, think I you sent did. you the video and I was like oh my god oh my god and then it's so strange because as I was leaving, I also shot a video driving past the tent and was like, and I, I think I'm hoping I've still got it somewhere. And basically it's like, wow, the difference I feel driving out, seeing the tent and it's like good riddance. Like it's such a mix of emotions. But I also mm. feel quite embarrassed about how I acted and how I behaved a lot of the time because I don't think I was my true self. Yeah, I think I was towards the end. I kind of realised that if I swore a lot, they wouldn't show things. And so, like, I remember one of the technical challenges, I just kept saying the C word constantly. <laughs> and then I remember I actually got, like, told off for it by someone who I loved. I won't, Did Paul Hollywood tell you off? No, it wasn't Paul. I would be told off by Paul Hollywood. Someone, <laughs> stop it. Um, yeah, and it, that, again, yeah, that really set, it, like, affected me. But it was just like, I, I remember just thinking, I can't, you know, like, Ian Bill, I've got nothing left. <laughs> I literally had nothing left in the tank for weeks. Someone make that meme! Um, <laughs> I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left. Um, it's it's a reference think... if anyone is listening thinking, what the hell? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so the Americans out it there. It was so hard. And I think there were so, there was loads of times I was like, I want to go home, I want to go home. But then the, again, mm. the ambition in me was like, I remember semi-final when it all kicked off and everyone was really upset that I got through over Hermine. But I was sat there in that chair thinking, I don't deserve to be here. I absolutely don't because she is a much better baker than me. But this week, this week, my cake, and it's obviously it's week by week. My case, my cake tasted better. My, t- my cake tasted amazing. It looked like it had been dropped, but it tasted great. And hers tasted <laughs> like they said it, like blamange. So I was sitting there thinking, really, I should be going through. But that because of the competition rules and stuff. But yeah, the imposter syndrome yep. was like, no, no, no. You need to go home. You're shit. And I very nearly Bloody actually said, hell, I remember sitting on those chairs thinking, should I say now? Because it's never been done before. I don't, well, not that I've seen, maybe they have and they've edited it, but I was really close to going, do you know what? I really think you've made the wrong decision here. I really think Hermine should go through because I really want to go home. <laughs> I was so Babes. ready to go home. I just didn't want any more humiliation. I felt humiliated. I've, this Did is the really? most honest I've been about Bake Off because of, 
sometimes the yeah. press pick it up and I like I said this is not me being ungrateful like I'm so grateful for the opportunity but mm. it was also fucking hard and it really mm. like it really ruined my self-esteem for a, for a long time and I think it really did ruin my love for bacon which sucks which sucks because you're Kate honestly you don't get off you don't get on bake off for being average right Laura's stuff is amazing I miss that about you I miss pre-bake off when you would bake for joy and you mm. you you know you just go around and you'd have a cake there and you're like okay cool beans <laughs> lovely stuff you know I, I hate I really hate that and it's so God, it was so shit. And it was really shit to be your friend at the time. It was, it was amazing because I was like so proud of you. But I also it saw you so week amazing. by week. And like, you know, I, I am, you know, unfortunately one, I think for the first few weeks I was going on Twitter and everything was fabulous. And then all of a sudden Twitter was very not fabulous. And I was like, w- why are these people saying this about my friend? And then like, I think there was a few weeks where you just didn't really like, you didn't go out and you, it was just awful. But what I will say in that is that was probably a normal reaction to an abnormal situation Mm. like bake off in general or going on a reality show in general or something like that is extraordinary right very few people do it how fabulous but the bake off 2020 they were put into quarantine for seven weeks Mm -hmm. yeah away from your family your friends and everything In, in you know in the months leading up to that as well you're all just baking constantly and it was two days on two days off yeah but the two days off weren't days off. We were made, we weren't made to, but everyone we practiced basically, and it was like nine to six. You practiced. Jesus Christ! Yeah, exactly. So like, I'm sorry, but you you really stood no chance. That's what I mean about the physicality <laughs> of it as well. Being in a bigger body, on my feet constantly, I kind of got addicted to cocodamol because I was like, I just need something to keep going because my knee was like hurting yeah, of me course. and. It was just intense. But anyway, can we please stop talking about my, me now? Yeah, hold on. But I'm not just two seconds. <laughs> but then I will say none of that came across at the time. And so I know that's a case of editing and things like that. But I think you still came across so fantastically. And that's factual, Laura, because of how many times we go out. I think every time that you and me go out, and I'm sure this happens to you all the time, people stop you and be like, oh my God, you're Laura from Bake Off. People remember you. People liked you. You were able to build a career off of it because it started with Bake Off and people really liked you and resonated with you. Mm. And that's really amazing. So, you know, I wish it was a sunnier experience for you. And I hope maybe it might take a little bit more time to sort of look back on it and be like, ha 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 ha. Oh no, I do um, now. I do. Completely, completely. But completely yeah. yeah. But it's so funny you say that when we're talking about imposter syndrome, because when people do come up to me and say like, oh, I love John Bake Off. You should have, you should have won. I just look at them and I go, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but even that, I think they're just saying it because they just recognise me. But anyway, moving on, we yeah. are going to move on from me. Anyway, all right. Okay. But the moral of the story is, Laura, you're so fabulous Thanks. and you're great. I'm great. You're great. We're all great. Let's move on from the uncomfortable Britishness Yay, of, of all great. that. Okay, cool. Right, your turn. So for me, I think it can happen in relationships. Oh, so I think I've said okay. on a podcast before, maybe it was our, our Apple show. I remember being in a relationship with somebody and I would go to the gym constantly because I and I would I, I so vividly remember being on a cross trainer listening to Dark Horse by Katy Perry and just being like, I'm doing this because like he deserves to have a really hot girlfriend and all this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, feelings of unworthiness as well, but I think imposter syndrome can manifest itself in other ways. Mm. And I think that's probably the case for you where you said before, and the reason I actually thought of that as well earlier was because of something you said before about how you feel that you don't always deserve your friendships. It's that inability to believe that you deserve everything so why wouldn't you believe that you deserve that wonderful person, whoever they are, or 
you know, a fabulous relationship. So I just thought it was interesting to say because I don't think it's just jobs. So Lauren, we actually had some questions from our lovely listeners and one of them is quite a personal one, but I think it's a really good question. Um, So I wanted to ask you, have you felt a difference in your imposter syndrome since being in a bigger body? Oh God, I think as, I mean, probably, yeah, not that I've really thought about, but you know, in the same way that my, my brain and my personality and lots about me has changed since the traumatic experience thing my body has also changed a lot because of that as well so so it, you know it may match it a little bit never in my job but I think it's always like your self-worth kind of thing self-worth mm. took a knock but I'm now you know I'm 34 years old and I am a confident person but there's a bit in me that's a bit bratty and the brattiness in me is like there's nothing I can't do because I'm bigger like I just don't accept it. I, I, it's like it's bratty and it's unacceptable. And I think I have this confidence because I grew up smaller and didn't have those restrictions on my life. But I don't like them and I don't accept them. I'm just like, I don't consent to the fact that like you're going to treat me differently or the world. I just don't. I really don't. So it probably has. That's brilliant. But that's how it should be. My brattiness. Yeah, why do you call it bratty? I think that's a really... It's probably it's probably really demeaning for myself and yeah. probably a little bit sexist, but it's it's that bit in that I just do not consent to this world that wants to treat me differently because I wear a size twenty two. You can just all see you later. Bye. I no, I completely agree with you, and I love that. I think that's so inspiring. But why do you feel the need to call it bratty? Is what I'm saying. Is that imposter syndrome? <laughs> I think it might. I think it might be. It's just that thing of like, um, you know, my mum is my mum is obviously the most fabulous person in the entire world. But, you know, has always kind of said, you know, there are going to be some things that you can't have. You can't have everything. Mm. You know, the fact that I want to quit my job every four seconds and just, you know, live off the land. I obviously, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't. She was like, there are just some things that you can't have. And I'm like, why can't I? I can. I can have anything. The actually putting it into action is my problem. I'm lazy. I'm a lazy, confident person. <laughs> I don't know if that answered the question, but yes, it probably has changed, but I just refuse. I refuse to let the size of my body make me feel more of an imposter than I already do sometimes. I'm really pleased to hear that. Okay, so back to the audience questions. Let's see what advice we can provide to our lovely listeners. So Katie said, hey girls, I'm currently interviewing for a new job. I know I'd be good at it, but I'm nervous about seeming cocky in my interview. Oh my goodness, that word cocky, we need to talk about that. And I'm especially nervous about negotiating my salary. I know I should do it but I don't know where to start or how to start have you got any advice Lauren is great everyone at negotiating her salary like I have literally when she tells me sometimes I'm like wow you go girl (laughs) so you can answer that one absolutely and what I will say in that Katie is you've used two interesting words there you've used cocky and you've used should you know you should do it and you don't want to appear cocky why not why don't you want to appear cocky cocky isn't cocky cocky is confidence appear confident you've already got to the point where you're interviewing for a job you've got an interview for a job you don't know they're not interviewing silly gooses you've got the interview for a reason right (laughs) (laughs) as someone who does a lot of interviews trust me you don't get to interview stage unless you've already impressed right and absolutely every single person should be negotiating their salary i know there are are like some exemptions from that and i understand but as much as possible do especially as women and i know i've said this on this podcast before but i feel so passionately about it there is a 
still a gender pay gap across the globe. I don't, it's one of those things again, this brattiness. I don't accept it. I don't understand. <laughs> so negotiate your salary and get what you deserve to be paid, right? I will always go in there. So once you've been offered the job before you accept it, you just need to say something like, are we able to have a conversation soon about the salary and go in and negotiate? And the same thing, like you would do a marketplace, put in a top level that you're like ambitious want to get that's above what where you actually want to end up. As I said, I've only worked public sector. I work in the NHS and I negotiate my salary here. Everyone can. Even if you fake it till you make it, like wouldn't you say, Lauren, just like, yeah. and and not saying, oh, but wh- whatever, like, oh, but I don't mind. Oh, but oh, if it's okay. Like we're no. so guilty, I think, especially us women are doing that. Like we always say, oh, I don't know if I'm being thick, but I do that all the Ugh. time. No, we're not doing that anymore. It's 2023, negotiate your salary, girls. And they're not going to sack you for asking. They're literally going to think, if anything, they're just going to think, fair enough, she's got a big pair of kahunas. Anna's actually written in to us as well. Anne says, a huge part of how I deal with imposter syndrome is by faking the confidence. We just touched on that. But she says, how do I get myself to stop worrying that people will figure out I'm pretending? I am reminded of an interview with Michelle Obama, right? And she says something a few years ago and she was like, you know, she's been at the table at some of the biggest tables that you can be at with some of the biggest people, right? And she was like, let me tell you, no one's got a clue what they're doing. So, Mm. you know, the higher you get, and I think people who are in, you know, if we're talking work again, management positions and, and high level, you will see there is a level of bullshittery. There just is. So I guarantee you, you know, if you've not found out that anyone else is pretending that you're not going to be, you're not going to be found out. And also you're not pretending because it's one of those things that we fake the confidence and t- fake it till you make it. And I genuinely believe that. So on your first day of a new job, you are an imposter because you're new in that way. Fake it till you make it and you will make it. Mm. And the confidence kind of catches up with you. You're probably always going to worry a little bit, but I think it's null and void because you're doing this job and everyone is faking it a little bit and it's all right. Excellent advice, Lauren. <laughs> My God, I should be like a careers woman. Just you like- should. You should. You should be everyone's hype girl, I think. I anyway. would, honestly, if you could pay me my negotiated <laughs> salary <laughs> to be a, to be an official hype girl, can someone tell me how I can make that my career? Because genuinely, I, that's, that's it. Adds to CV immediately. Adds to CV. Literally, that's my favourite job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right, Kelly asked, I'm about to start a new job. How do I show my capabilities without seeming too cocky? Cocky, cocky. I don't like this cockiness. Pardon. Without seeming too cocky or overselling how much I can do. Uh, yeah that is that is a tricky one and I'm gonna just be really honest and say that that is something that I really struggle with as well because it's like you want to be like keen and eager and be like oh yeah no I know that without yeah sounding like you're overly confident there is a fine line I think and sometimes it's hard but I I wonder how many men ask this question <laughs> I wouldn't worry about overselling yourself or like overshowing your capabilities or being cocky just be yourself. I think that is the most important thing that you can do is be yourself and don't kind of like be embarrassed or whatever. If like if you are knowledgeable, like speak up. If like you do know your shit, you've earned the right to be there. They, that's why they hired you. So speak up. Like do not think that you can't have a voice and opinion because you can and you matter and you're you're absolutely valid in, in what you're thinking and that's why they hired you i agree with you that there's a fine line and i think that's maybe the way of delivering it but i don't think you can oversell or would oversell your abilities on how to do it because when you start a new job you know one they've probably been without somebody for a while so they're like gagging for the help right 
but go in there and go show them that you're capable and fabulous that's going to make people probably feel supported and I think as long as you're not antagonizing people and I think we've all been in situations where a new person has come in and they've rocked the boat right and that's annoying yeah it is but that's different than Mm. overselling your abilities that's that person being probably quite arrogant and the knobhead right but you can't oversell your abilities. Go in there. If you feel confident, you've got this new job, Like exactly like Laura says, you deserve a, a space at the table. Go in there and, and don't worry about overselling because I don't think you will. Just mm. go in there and rock it. One of the best pieces of advice someone gave to me once was about like when starting a new job is to, like for the first two weeks, is not to kind of comment or criticise, to just absorb and listen mm. and learn, understand the culture. And I wish... I had done that more in my previous job. I went in like a bit of a bulldozer because I had imposter syndrome, right? I was thinking, I don't deserve this job. I'm not qualified enough. So I went in and felt like I had to be a ball breaker and was like, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. We should be doing like this. When actually realised probably should have just sat back initially because like you said we've all had that person that's new and then they think they know everything and they're like why don't you do it like this why don't you do it like this fuck off Sharon mm. and um, you don't know the history annoying. of that team because yeah. it could have been someone very beloved that something happened to do you know what I mean I think that's such a good idea a week or two just observe just get used yeah. to everybody yeah. this is all very helpful information Lauren I feel like this question was made for you especially given the last few months especially weeks Sarah says girls I need some advice about overworking I've always had huge imposter syndrome and thought I had to be the hardest most available worker to prove myself (laughs) ring any bells (laughs) she says it's burning me out and setting my boss's expectations way too high but I'm worried if I rein it back in, it will seem like I'm slacking. How can I prove myself without killing myself in the process? Or do I even have to prove myself? First of all, no, you don't have to prove yourself. But that is so interesting. And Sarah, going back to your point about thinking you had to be the hardest, most available worker. I have been there and I did that. And when I was going through therapy for something different and I said that and I was like, you know, everything had changed me and I was going through a really difficult time. And I was like, I hate that I can't be this person that everyone comes to and I can get everything done in two seconds. And I love being, you know, some people would come into the comms office with an un, you know, irrelevant task and I would do it and they thank me for it. And that was really, and I loved that. And my therapist was like, well, what's that giving you? What's that getting you? That's not your job. Mm. All that's going to get you is more work. And that's not Mm. what you're being paid to do. And that thank you from that random manager who's Mm. not your manager doesn't really mean anything. This is brutal and it's so difficult. But working more will only get you more work. It's so true. That's reward for working hard is more work. Yeah, reward for working hard. And that is also, you know, and I say that as somebody who's went through that. And also I've managed a lot of people for a few years now. And as a manager, you see that there's there's that tendency to want to, that person gets through work really quick. You want to give them more, give them more, give them more. Because there's always work to be done. Mm. All that does is burn that person out. And I've been there at burnout as well. It ain't worth it. Again, my whole world changed when this thing happened and my my work perspective is so different now, but it all comes down to if you're working too hard and you're burning yourself out, take yourself out for a second and say, is anyone going to die? Now, unfortunately, if you're in the NHS in a frontline role, yes, they may, but that's really not like, okay, I'm not talking to you lot, but like, <laughs> but really, is anyone going to die if you mm. don't do that, pro- like if you don't deliver that particular thing on that date, you know, a week early or send that email at 2am? No, they're not. It's just work. Mm. So, and it's just not worth, but it's just not worth burning yourself out about because again, sorry, I'm so brutal. I've got so much to say on this. Like 
you're replaceable. They'd get someone else in new tomorrow because that's the way of the world. A friend of mine at the moment is in a job where everything is urgent. He's like, well, what's more urgent? This urgent thing or that urgent thing? <laughs> and he's like, but you know, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Like it's urgent. And I'm like, mm. okay, cool. But like, it's not life or death. It's really hard sometimes, but you think you do need a bit of perspective on it. Absolutely. And I think with your worry about when you rein it in, seeming like you're slacking, I would actually have a conversation with your manager about yeah, that and I say, I say have that. been working over and I'm mm. about to put some boundaries in place because yes, it's making that me word. ill. Boundaries. Yes, Lauren. Because unfortunately, because of the pace that you're working, it may seem like you're slacking, but you're not. You're probably still doing 110% by then putting those boundaries in. So have that yeah. conversation. And if they're a nice manager, they will be supportive. And if not, go above their head. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Anyway, last question. And Laura, I'm going to pose it to you. This is from Poppy. Hi, Poppy. And she said, how can we work on our confidence without coming across as cocky? Or does that even matter? I have got to talk about this word cocky. Can we change it? (laughs) Why has it got to be penis? Yeah, true. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I think it is, like I said, it's it's hard. I think a lot of us worry about like seeming overconfident because that isn't endearing. And I, I actually, I hate it. It's one of my pet peeves. Mm. chances are if you're someone that's worried about it you're probably not gonna do it or be doing it it's the people that are like don't care that are gonna be like all the narcissists that will just kind of crack on and be horrible i think sometimes there's something to be said for like having like a quiet confidence and not feeling like you need to be like the loudest person or the last person to speak or the first person to speak or whatever and i think sometimes that comes like with age and just experience and things like that but i think I want to break into Whitney Houston's song, but like learning to love yourself, like it is, it's the greatest thing of all. Like it is, Lauren. (laughs) I was, I knew it would be that song, but I didn't get there. I got, I believe the children are a future. Oh no! Oh no! Is that the same one as? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like what I mean is, and I forgive the cheese, but just about having a quiet confidence and faith in yourself. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody work on yourself and I'm sure it will come across like to others and like lead to like really good things I couldn't agree more and just two final points from me is that those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind yes you haven't got to prove yourself and then one thing I saw again on TikTok recently was something how and this is really for my millennial girls out there will remember that liking yourself and loving yourself was really frowned upon when we were kids and teenagers and in our 20s it was mm. like, oh my god you love yourself and now it's like the ultimate flex to love yourself it's so true and from somebody who doesn't have quiet confidence and is is usually the loudest person in the room I think it's okay to come across as confident and cocky like I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the cocky is a bad word and I don't think that's what we mean, but mm. to have confidence is fine. And, you know, with this whole thing, anyone that's struggling at the minute, know your self-worth, have a moment, have a think with yourself, speak to your friends. You know, what do they say about you? They're going to love you for who you are. So have confidence in yourself that you deserve it. Work on it, really do work on it. It's not going to be perfect every day, but maybe slowly and surely you'll feel better and feel like you deserve all the happiness and wonderfulness that you've got in your life. And that is also to come oh you really do you need to do a TED talk or be a careers advisor I really enjoyed that and I think that you in particular 
are so well placed to speak about this topic, Lauren, with everything, especially that's been going on with work with you in the last kind of few months. So thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, We really hope that you found that interesting. If you ever want to get in touch with us, don't forget you can email us. The address is golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk. And if you want more of us before our next episode, you can check out our Facebook group. Just search Go Love Yourself Community. And we're also on Instagram. Our handle is at Go Love Yourself Pod. Uh, You can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad free and early episodes for one pound a week. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And remember to check out our YouTube channel, Laura Wave to YouTube. Hi, YouTubes. Just search for Go Love Yourself Podcast or click the link. Click the link. <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> or click the link in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed this. I really hope some people have been inspired just to go and channel their bratty, confident, cocky self. <laughs> I am reclaiming those words. I let really us know if you have, <laughs> won't you? Please do let us know if you have. I'm changing my Instagram bio to to cocky brat and just dealing with it but anyway i really enjoyed this episode i hope you have too laura i also thank you for your for your candor and your honesty on everything i think this will really help people thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week bye crowd network a place where you belong That's a sort of freedom, like an intrinsic knowledge, like you are part ocean, ocean is part you. You have salt water in your body. You are part of this. Oceans, life underwater. A new podcast all about the oceans and the mind-blowing life within them. Subscribe now to Oceans, Life Underwater on your favorite podcast app.